If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. We are back with another listener story today. And today's episode is super special because I am talking to Allison, who is actually a former coaching client of mine. Allison is a teacher and she talks about her relationship, um, how she fell for another woman at work and how they fell into this really fast, really intense relationship that ended up turning toxic and, you know, then they ended up breaking up. But there are so many good aspects of this relationship and this breakup story that I think will help so many people. She talks first about how her ex kept the relationship a secret for the duration of the relationship. She talks about how the relationship finally ended because her ex basically listened to family pressures and, you know, got her to date other people and she ended up finding someone and, you know, left Allison in the dust in that way. We talk about going through a breakup when you still work with the person that was a huge part of her breakup story is how are you able to recover when you have to see the person every day but Allison is 1000% a testament that it can be done and it's been so cool to see how much she has grown she used to you know not be able to set boundaries with her ex and she you know, really rallied her support system. She rediscovered herself. She's starting a new job this year. And I am just so happy for her and so excited for you guys to be able to also be inspired by Allison's beautiful story. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. So happy to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So can you start off by just giving us a little bit of background about you? Tell us a few things about yourself. Yeah, I am 27. I live in Georgia, kind of like North Georgia. I'm a teacher. I've taught for about five years. I'm starting my sixth year now. I'm starting a new position. I will be a PE teacher, so I'm pretty excited. I've always played sports, so that's incorporating that into my work. I'm really, really, really excited. I like to travel. 
Hmm, what else? I like food. I like yes. with, hanging out with my friends and family. I have a little nephew and he stays with me a lot. So that's always fun. Anything outdoors, just like to be on the go. That's awesome. Well, and we will get into it later. Why we're super excited that you're starting a new job coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> So let's start off by just talking about the relationship. So if you can give like a general arc of the relationship, how'd you guys meet? What was the relationship like? And then we'll kind of end right before the breakup. We met at work. She taught a different grade level than I did, but we kind of became really quick friends and transitioned into best friends. Like it was all, it all progressed really fast. We kind of found that we had a lot in common, had a lot of fun together And then one night it just transitioned into more. And so the relationship began and we had some things kind of to work through because there was other people involved at first and we got that settled and it was just us and things went downhill pretty quick. I was very truthful at the very beginning that it was my first female relationship and hers too. And I guess with me, I just wanted to be as authentic as I could with people around me. And I just wanted them to know like, this is, I'm happy. I'm loving life right now. And this is why. And she did not. So we were pretty much in secret the whole relationship. It was about three years. And finally, it just was very toxic, very abusive. There was no communication, no trust anymore. It just was always back and forth one minute, you know, everything was great and head over heels. And then the next she was ready to end it. And it just was so tumultuous there at the end. And then, you know, the breakup. I think it's interesting. I actually haven't, I feel like I haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but I think there's like this added thing in breakups when the relationship was like secret kind of a thing. I, that was like actually weirdly a huge pattern of mine before was dating people who had to keep it a secret. (laughs) And it was like, there's something that's weirdly exciting about it, but then there's also something that's like, I think it does a lot of damage to like self-esteem and like why, you know, thinking we're not good enough or whatever that looks like. So did you find, I mean, I'm sure that caused a lot of hurt during the relationship, but do you feel like it also made the breakup a little bit different? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The problem with secret relationships, and I'm sure you'll know this is when the breakup happens, the breakup in a sense is secret. So Mm -hmm. my world is like, crumbled around me and a basket case at work. And I can't tell anybody why. I mean, like none of my coworkers knew that I worked with that. I mean, saw me every morning, just losing it. They had no idea why. And so it created this sense of like, I'm completely alone. Has ever been through this? No one has ever gotten through this. I'm never going to get through it because I'm just sitting here and I'm alone and I'm suffering. And yeah, it it damaged too, like the way you view yourself. Because like you said, when someone that you love wants to say they love you and say that you're the best thing ever and, you know, an angel, but they're not telling anybody about you, you kind of think, okay, well, obviously I'm none of those things. You know, my self-esteem was shot. I had none. By the end, I'm very, very little of myself. And I mean, you mentioned at the end, there was like very little trust. I mean, it's really hard to trust someone who is telling you one thing and then is acting in a like incongruent way to that by like not sharing with 
with friends and family. And I think the work thing is another big one. I had no idea how many people dated people at work until I started Breakup SD. And it was interesting because I got like one message here and there and I was like, yeah, I, I can answer this, but like, I don't really feel like it's that common. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, this is, cr- I mean, it's very, very common. It makes so much sense. That's where you spend a majority of your time. Totally mm-hmm. makes sense that you would meet someone at work, but I think that also adds in, you know, which I think we'll get into more when we're talking about like post breakup. I think it's very, very common, the secret and then the the work thing too. So you mentioned the relationship was like very toxic, very like up and down. What caused the breakup? Because it's like when you look at relationships like that, you're like, there are so many opportunities to end it, you know, in there. So it's like, (laughs) yeah. So what was like the final straw that at least started the breakup process? Because I know yours was a little bit extended. And that's what's so hard too, is when you, like you said, when it's up and down so much, it's, it's almost like every day is a breakup because one minute you're great. And then the next, you know, I constantly was told every day, I love you, but I can't be with you forever. So I'm going to be with you now, but there's no forever. And that's Mm. just a total lack of instability. But the actual breakup, I would say last August or September, it'd been really bad for a few months. And, you know, I kept trying, kept trying, but she had had a lot of pressure from her family as to why she was not dating. And she is just one of those people. And, and I know it's very hard, don't get me wrong, but lives her life for everybody else. What everybody else thinks that is what she goes by is what they think that's her life. So she will live it to please the other people. And I mean, it really made me sad, you know, but her sister created a Bumble account for her. And so she went on it and I think I finally found out that, that she at least had it. And so that started an argument and I kind of was just done with it. And then in about October, she met someone and she was, it probably was before October to be honest, but she kind of strung me along until she had the next person in play. And then as soon as she was like, oh, this will do, I, that was it. I was cut. I mean, you bring up a lot of like interesting points with that. The first one being like, I love you, but I'm not going to be with you forever. Like, how did you make sense that in your head? Did you think like, oh, if I just stick around long enough, this will change? Or did you just think like in your head, I'm just going to enjoy this now? I definitely had the false hope and kind of, it definitely was more of the, well, she's being with me now. It'll change. She'll change. Don't like, don't worry. She's going to change because there'll be days where she wouldn't say that. So I was like, oh, see, we're, we're getting somewhere. And then it would come up again. So I definitely had some, some false hope that I lived with for a few years. It's so common. I've had that. I mean, anyone that falls in love with a sense of potential believes they're going to change the person, which happens a lot. And I think the other thing that you brought up was the fact that she very much was like controlled and dictated by her family and like, like, but what other people thought. And I also think that's really common. I have a lot of people that are like, what am I supposed to think when we broke up because their family said we had to. And I always tell people, I'm like, honestly, you need to ask yourself, like, do you want to be with someone who like, can't stand up for you, like for the relationship, for what they want? It's like, honestly, no, because then you look at 
like a long-term relationship when like there's kids involved and like you're having to deal with like mother-in-laws and stuff. And like, you want a partner who will like stand up to their parents for you if that's what you want. So I think it's actually like a really good telltale sign of who someone is. Oh yeah. It should have been the biggest red flag, but you know, we get in these relationships and you fall in love and all those red flags you're supposed to be picking up and seeing, you're just ignoring those. But I think what kind of helped me too, at some, once I got to the part where I could actually think through things is that if she couldn't stand up for me and she was telling me how much she loved me and you know, all the things that you want to hear, but still I love you, but I can't do it. I can't stand up for you. Then in truth, she's not even standing up for herself. So she doesn't even know who she is. She's not claiming who she is. And if someone isn't going to claim who they are, they can't help you through life with anything. Like you said, kids and all of that. If you're not going to live out a truly authentic life, then how's anything that you do in life going to be satisfying or sustainable? Yeah, no. And I I think that's a huge thing. And it's like, yeah, of course it's hard to stand up for yourself and it's hard to like get past it's hard to not have the approval of family and like all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's like, if that's the person you want to be with, like you should be able to stand up in that way. And, and so when she found someone new, did she end it? Or was that when you were like, okay, writing's on the wall. Like I got it. I got to go. I guess probably it was a little bit of both at that point. I mean, I hit rock bottom. So there was, there was no talking sense into me at that point, but like she had already said, you know, I've got to see this through. I've got to go and be and do basically what everybody else wants me to do. And so she did it for me. I'd kind of went with it and was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to have to, I mean, this is it. This is going to have to be it. Cause I'm not going to sit by while you're with someone else. And then, you know, I ended up doing that a little bit, but <laughs> In the moment, I was really strong and said I wasn't going to, but you live and learn. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're just knowing a little bit about your breakup. You had a few very large obstacles in your way, the work thing. So talk me through, like, what were some of the biggest struggles that you had right after the breakup? Her moving on, I mean, that killed me. That was probably the biggest thing is at that point, I had zero self-worth. I mean, I just almost was disgusted with myself for letting it get this far just because I'm like, you should have walked away so much, so long ago. And then, you know, when someone does that to you and then it was almost like she didn't think twice about it. It just was like, I'm doing this and moving on and I kind of don't care how you feel. It just, it did something to me mentally that I never had happened before. Like the tragedies or the things I'd been through before, this was completely different because now I was the one who felt like I was nothing. Like I was just unworthy. That was a struggle because I feel like I've always been someone who is very, like I said, I'm on the go. I'm usually, I'm very confident. I like to make people laugh. I'm just a happy-go-lucky person. And that, I mean, I felt like I was stripped of all of that. So at that point, I was like, I don't even know who I am, what I am, where I'm going from one day to the next. It just was a lot of uncertainty that really, I mean, my anxiety, you know, all the things that that you go through during those moments, just everything was skyrocketed. There was no more highs, I guess, with the up and down. There were so many in the relationship. There were so many highs and then so many lows It kind of almost balanced in my mind. But at this point, it was nothing but lows. So I just I I don't know. I, I didn't know how to come out of that. 
at first. Well, and I think too, when a relationship is those highs and lows, when it goes away, I think it almost like, I'm no scientist. I think it almost elicits like a drug response. And so because you're used to getting that hit and then feeling the high and then coming down and and then just like, even if the breakup like kind of causes you to be even keeled, it still feels like you're going through like a physical withdrawal almost. I've said that so many times when people have looked at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, y'all, you don't understand. Yeah. I truly felt and, and I hate this, but like, I truly felt like I was an addict. Like I would have these horrible moments and then she would come, you know, seek me out and I would let her talk to me. And then that would give me kind of a high because she said all these great things, but then nothing changed in our situation was still our situation. So I was back low again. So I literally felt like I was, every time I let her back in, I was just relapsing. Like anything, any progress that I had made, it was almost just like I would take three steps back every single time. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And can you kind of talk about the fact that your ex did not give you space? Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, 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 no. We worked together. So that made it very, very, very easy for her. At first I didn't have her blocked. So I did allow her to text me still. And yeah, there was no stopping. Like she would still text me. If I responded, nothing was going to stop that. And she would still say relationship type things. It's just so hard to distinguish what people are saying than what they're doing. And that ended up having to be on me, but we would be at work and, you know, it'd be morning time and I'd come in and she'd be in my room. Or after school, you know, I'd done a great job of like, okay, let me walk this way so I don't have to see her. And I'm going to walk this hallway and really avoid and do the best I could not to see her. She would come in my room after school. So there was no, there was no safe space in at my job. It just was dread every time I walked in the door because I knew at any point she has access to me at any given moment where she just feels like she has to see me. She could. And how did you cope with that? I... Thank the Lord through this breakup. And that's, I guess we can get into a little later, but I found some incredible people. I mean, I just, I could go on and on, but I found a great, great, great support system at my job. And I finally just had to open up to them and say, look, I cannot function here. I'm not safe here. What am I going to do? And they, I mean, bulldogged for me. They would be here in the mornings in my classroom so that she couldn't come in at the end of the day, they would immediately come and get me. And, you know, I would see her and they would see her trying to make her way to me, but she wouldn't because there was always one of them that was there blocking it. So that did help, but that took me having to unleash and like be vulnerable with people and say, look, I no longer can do this by myself. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And I think, too, there was probably that process of having to say enough. Like, cause in the beginning it's, it's nice, right? Like it's nice to know they're thinking about you and like wanting to talk to you and then having to realize like, oh wait, this isn't helping at all. This is like very harmful to me. Yeah. I finally had to get to the point too. And honestly, I think it was through one of our coaching sessions where I had to write out on paper. If she is not saying this, this, and this to you, then no conversation needs to be had that helped me cope a lot too, because I remember one time, you know, she did manage to sneak past everybody and get there. And she walked in and I looked up and I said, are you in my classroom to say this, this, or this? And she was like, well, I said, no, no, turn around. We're not talking. I'm not engaging in anything you have to say. Cause it's, it's irrelevant. Nothing you have to say is going to help me in the journey that I'm on. So like you said, enough, enough. Good for you. That's amazing. And I think it's such a such a cool thing that you reached out for help in that way. And people love to do that kind of stuff. Like if I'm at a party and a friend is like, can you help me avoid my ex or someone? I'm like, yes. Like, you know, it's like, I got you. <laughs> like, thank you for giving me this job. So I think people like innately want to help in that way. And you just have to ask. It's like you have to get to that place where you're like, well, first of all, you had to share a secret, which is really hard, and then be vulnerable enough to say like, I can't do this by myself. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Like, I think there's so much power that comes out of, I don't know what to do. Please help me. Yeah. I mean, I was getting to the point where I just couldn't do it by myself anymore. I couldn't. I mean, I was trying to do all the right things and I still struggled. I mean, bad struggled. So There's something to be said about really finally admitting that you can't do something alone, because when you bring someone else into that struggle, I mean, not only did it help me get better and strengthen me, but like those relationships, like I said, are 
forever relationships. Like I have full confidence that the relationships I built through this are not going anywhere. I mean, they essentially saved me. So, I mean, I have no intentions of getting rid of them. That's very beautiful. And I think there is like a lot of opportunity to form really beautiful friendship out of breakups, out of asking for help and like letting people help you, letting people in, in that way. What were some things that you did to help bring back that confidence that you said you had prior to the relationship? Like, how were you able to kind of help restore yourself back to having self-esteem and having that confidence? I think that took the most time, but really I just started investing back in myself Every time I thought like, oh, you know, what would I be doing if I was with her? I just started training myself. No, like, what do you want to do? And I just, I hate to say this word because it shouldn't be like that, but I became selfish to a degree. Like anything I wanted to do, I started doing. I started reading again. I started working out more because I worked out a lot before the relationship and then kind of stopped. So I started working out more. I started reading more. I would journal and just write out all of the things that I felt I was and then Like I said, I had my support system where I just kind of opened up and said, look, this is kind of how I feel. Help me write out what you see and what the truth is. And and that helped a lot too. When you look at how someone, one specific person almost sees you or how they treated you and how that made you feel, you forget how everyone around you actually thinks or what they think of you. And so once I started asking people like, what do you think about me? Like, what do you see? That changed everything. Because I was like, wait, I'm... I'm not this horrible, like low self-worth and I'm not unworthy and I'm not replaceable. I'm, I'm someone who these people genuinely want around. And that's kind of, I use that a lot, a lot of the journaling, a lot of just taking me back, doing what I wanted to do and when I wanted to do it. And one thing that I've been thinking about a lot more lately is like, And actually my dad always would teach me this, but like when you're so low emotionally, you aren't thinking clearly, like you're not thinking rationally at all. And if we think about it, like the first good amount of time after a breakup is spent in that like low place. And so you have to tread very lightly on what your head's telling you because it's usually like fueled by what your ex told you or fueled by the things that came out because they left you, you know? So I think it does take a while to like kind of recalibrate. And I think it's, it's such an awesome tool to ask your friends like, Hey, I'm feeling this way about me. How do you see me? And I've done that with like, having body dysmorphia in the past. Like I've asked my friends, like, how do you see me physically? Like, cause I'm like, I don't think I know what I actually really look like. So yeah, there's just something to be said about when you get to that low, like you said, that low, low place, you don't think clearly anymore. So I just, I felt for so long, I just was in this headspace of like, nothing made sense to me. I, I wasn't saying and doing things that I would normally do. So yeah, reaching out and the people that I love and I do trust and finally just sitting down and being like, okay, you guys tell me, like you said, sometimes you don't see it anymore when you've been told something else for so long or made feel some type of way for so long. It's almost like, I mean, you're drowning. So you kind of have to paddleboard and let your little lifeguards bring you up (laughs) because that's what it was. Them just telling me your friends, when you ask them to do stuff, they're there, like they are going to do it. And so every single day I would walk into work 
And between the three of them, I'd have a note on my desk or I'd have something there that just, it just makes you think like, you know what, if they're going to go out of their way this much to help me, what does that say about me? Cause that's what I need to start believing. That is so true. And you said a very powerful, powerfully negative word of like that feeling of being replaceable or disposable. That's just such a horrendous way to feel, to feel like I'm disposable, I'm replaceable. And I will say like, if you're feeling like that in a relationship, that's like not, not, not a great relationship, you know, cause it's like, that's not how you should feel. And I love that you said, look at the people that are showing up for me and taking time out of their day every day to like come to my classroom and make sure to protect me. Like, obviously I'm not replaceable if people are putting this much time into me. And then you put all that time into you. You showed yourself like I'm worth investing in. I'm worth asking myself what I want. I love that you said selfish because I think, you know, it's unfortunate there's like a negative connotation to that. But like, I think it really is important to be selfish after a breakup. Yeah, I would say that it, it probably is one of the most important things because, well, in a relationship, you're sharing your life with someone else. You're sharing those parts of you. And so essentially you have to take that back and you're at your lowest. So you can't give it to anybody else right then. You can't pour into anybody else the way that you normally would. So you do have to take that and say, okay, well, I've got to pour back into me first. And so I, that was the hardest thing that I had to realize because I am such a just giving person. And I do just want to give everything I have to everybody around me. And I knew that that wasn't going to heal me and that wasn't going to help me in this long run at all. It was just going to hinder me. So I did have to step back and say, you know, I love you guys, but right now I, I'm going to call the selfish card. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take it and, and I'm going to, if I want to do something, that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And what were some of like, I feel like you've mentioned so many little milestones that you hit, but like, what were some of the first indications to you after the breakup where you're like, huh, I'm feeling better. Like I'm doing better. Like what were some of those little milestones that you hit that made you feel like you were on the right track? I think when I could go like full, no contact, I did made the little 30 day milestone. And I think that was like, okay, you can do this. Like, it's not a check the box thing. So you're not automatically healed, but Hey, you have what you need. You can do this. So that was something eye opening to where I finally saw like, okay, I'm, I'm going to come out on the other side. I think when I finally stopped, cause your mind is a very, very powerful thing and it can go to some very dark places. And I let my mind go there and I wouldn't, that's what I struggled with the most was how can I stop all of these thoughts? Because it just, I mean, I would be thinking the craziest of things. I didn't know if that was happening or not. I didn't know the truth, but in my mind, I had convinced myself, this is what they're doing. And this is that. And I went a few days where I, those thoughts would come up. And I think that I just would, would stop them. I'd be like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to do a dance break and dance to this song, or I'm going to call a friend or I intentionally made sure that I stopped that then it kind of got easier and easier. And I thought, Hey, so they can't like, this really works. They don't have like total control over me. Yes. Like I kind of, I have a say in this. That's really powerful. That Mm -hmm. is really powerful to have those tools to know what to do if those thoughts take over. And I'm sure that like helped a lot of people that you just said that. I hope so. Because I, I think the most thing that people feel is you feel alone and then you feel like, oh, you know, it's great that they're telling you all this and blah, blah, blah. But these thoughts, like I can't stop my thoughts. I can't fix them. But no, you absolutely, I promise you, you can. (laughs) Like 
you can stop that thought train. You can wreck it off the track. It can be stopped. You just have to be intentional with it. And I, you can't give up. I think I'm, I can be very impatient and I kind of want things like right then. And so I thought, well, if I, I just stopped it, why are they still coming back? But it has to be a, like, you have to practice it. Yeah. And the thing is like, the more you tell something it's not welcome, the like the less and less it's going to come back. And, but if you like, you're like, come on in, we're going to think about you for a long time. We're going to nurture you. We're going to, like, we're going to like come up with new ideas today. Then, you know, then they're going to stick around. So, yeah, you can't but yeah, no, it's all train. Yeah, no, it can get, I loved, oh, someone once called it the bitches in the attic. And I was like, love that. Like just imagining like all these little people in my head. <laughs> yes. So aside from like these beautiful friendships that you've gotten out of this breakup, like what are some other things that you feel like you've gotten from this breakup that have been positive? I definitely think it led me down a path that as far as career wise, because like I said, I'm now about to enter into a career where centered around sports and I have had my whole life centered around sports. So I'm like, this is just a whole new journey in itself that I never would have went there just because I never would have left her. I would have wanted to be in that building, you know, forever. And so the fact that this led me into a whole new journey and I can be excited and learn something new. I think that was something that just came out of this, that I look back and I'm like, that had to happen to get me here. And then I would say just authenticity, you know, when you finally being with a female for the first time, that is scary all on its own. But then when you realize like no one can put you in a box, but yourself. So if you want to go and explore this side or this side, you can just, just be truthful and be authentic. And that has strengthened everything around me, my view of myself, just the way I am in my daily life, the way I operate with the people around me, strangers, not strangers, just you're more authentic your best self, I would say when you're, yeah. And I think your story is such a testament to the authenticity, like bringing in that support because you said exactly who you were, exactly what you were going through. And then in return, you got this, you know, support system and it like, it helped you with your confidence and all of those things. I think that's such a great lesson for anyone to learn. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to go through some painful things to, to reach those kind of points. And, and I think the other thing that your story is such a testament to, and I don't, you probably haven't given yourself enough credit for this is your immense amount of willingness to, to do something different, because I can tell you personally, I've talked to many, many people who are in a situation where they work with their ex and they have just decided that means that they're done. Like they can't, they can't get over them. And the fact that you had the willingness to create this like protective force around you, the fact that you had the willingness to look for another job, I think that's huge. I think a little bit of willingness in that way, in that sense goes a really, really long way. And I tell people like, I think anyone can get over a breakup. I don't care if you work together. I don't care. Like, I don't care what it looks like, but you have to have a willingness to like try something different and maybe try something a little uncomfortable. Absolutely. I I mean, thank you for saying that though. It it does make me feel a little good (laughs) to look at it from that perspective, because I would say that was my strength. You know, we all have different strengths, but like you said, I definitely was not 
staying there and staying in such, it's just so toxic. And the way that I felt every single day going to my work. And I mean, you're there every day. I was no longer willing to do it. I wasn't willing to sit my whole life and watch hers move forward and her, you know, do her thing while she's still trying to rope me in. It, it was enough. Like it was, it got to the point where I knew that that was never going to change. She was never going to change. And as sad as that is that I was the one that was broken and broken up with, I was going to be the one to have to make the true change because she wasn't. I mean, that, you know, she made that very clear. <laughs> yeah. And it's like putting the stake in the ground of like, this is not okay. And the thing is, the fact that you basically taught other people how to treat you through this breakup, you said, I will not let you talk to me unless you're going to say these three things, you know, that's going to pay off so big for you and future friendships, relationships, like work relationships, when you can teach other people how to treat you well, that's when you get treated well. Exactly. And my friend, you know, I was having the back and forth, back and forth. And she said, look, she will treat you this way as long as you allow it. If you allow her to come in and sweet talk you and get what she needs and then run off and you don't talk for weeks and she does it, the more you allow, the more she's going to take. Like you said, that's with anybody. What you allow is how they're going to treat you. And so if you don't allow it, if you've learned, you know, no, you're, this is how I'm going to be treated. So you will either treat me this way or, you know, we won't have conversation. And that sounds so bitchy to say, but you have to stand up for yourself because at the end of the day, no one else is. No, it's incredibly true. And I know when people hear that, like you teach other people how to treat you, I think it can trigger people because it's, you know, it's scary and we don't want to think that we're responsible for people treating us, you know, not as they should. But I think that's a huge lesson that we have the opportunity to learn through a breakup. And especially like as we're moving out of a breakup and getting into dating, it's like we have these opportunities to draw boundaries and set examples from the beginning, be authentic, be our authentic selves from the beginning. And I think so much of it comes down to authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I've gone on a few dates and, you know, nothing's panned out, but we're still working on it. But I think that you can stop. The biggest lesson was I let things go way too far. And so I took that responsibility and for a while, you know, it was very self-shaming, but as I grew and healed and learned more, I realized, you know, I can take responsibility without taking that shame. Like, yes, I could have stopped it, but I didn't. Here we are. I've learned from it. And now, you know, that's not happening again. So those little red flags I kept ignoring, like we're not ignoring red flags anymore. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Do you feel like you've been able to forgive yourself in that way? Yeah. It took a while to get there, I think, because we're very hard on ourselves as humans in general, we are very, very hard on ourselves. And especially when you go through this, like you said, your confidence is at an all time low. So you're, you're just all over the place. And yeah, it took me a very long time to finally get to a place where it was like, you know, you did the best that you could given the situation, given the actions and the words. And it was so turmoil and toxic. You did the best that you could. So forgive yourself. We're going to move on. We're going to do better next time because now, you know, now, you know, you have the tools. If you let it happen again, you know, then we'll have problems. Yeah. And it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And now, you know, it's like, you know, once you know better than you do better, that's all we can do. That's literally all we can do as human beings. 
And so my last question for you is let's imagine that you could like go back to right when the breakup was happening and you could like deliver a message to yourself. What would you say? You are worth more than what you are feeling in this moment. You deserve to be chosen. You deserve to be fought for. Stop fighting. Let it go. Leave right now. Leave now and do not look back. Oh my God. That first thing that you said, you are worth more than you're feeling right now. That is huge. That's so huge. Cause I think if we can repeat that to ourselves when we're feeling low, it's like you might not be feeling it and that's okay. You know, it's not like saying like, you know, buck up and start, you know, start feeling better. It's like, I honor where you're at right now, but just know you're worth more than this. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us and, as you know, someone that's been able to see your journey, I'm so proud of you for how far you've come from, you know, not being able to put your foot down and just being able to see you start this new job and have this like beautiful new thing. I'm just so excited to see what's to come for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey too. Okay. Well, we will talk to you soon. Okay. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.